Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to the madhouse. Oh, it's been mad from 4 a.m. Poor old Dina. She's been up since 5 a.m. You've been out of those strange nightclubs again, Dina. Yeah, she's a funny old stick, that girl. She leads a, leads a double life, you know. Uh, good morning. How are we all? It's Saturday morning. Vicky Equi, Equi, you've not slept a wink either. I don't know how long I've slept. Where's my, uh... oh, look, where is my phone? Oh, it's there. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. You can, this is a live sleep checkup. Let's have a look. I had more ticks over or asterisks or stars or whatever they are over Christmas than I've ever had in my life. I got, what did I get last night? Five hours, 15. Oh, five hours, 15. Um, I can hear Nadia. What's that? Oh, sorry. Um, anyway, guys, good morning. How are you? Denise, Denise Drummond, Mulvaney, dear heart. Uh, Sarah Withington, if you're listening on podcast, this is obviously, we're going to do the Sunday papers. We do flop um, headlines onto the screen, but we do read them out. And then at the end, you do have to come over to YouTube because you're going to be, I'll be talking through some photos. So what is the big news of today? I've seen some of you already talking about it. This is the tragic news around Kate Garraway's husband. Um, Kate Garraway yesterday announced that her husband, Derek Draper, has tragically passed away. Let me pop that up on screen. Um, there she is with her husband. He had a much publicized fight with long COVID. Um, and then I think he recently, didn't he recently suffer a, a cardiac arrest? Yeah, Derek Draper, um, Kate Garraway, uh, their bedside with her husband. Oh, it's just so oh, sad. Just absolutely heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah. Just... What they've been through, that family. Yeah. And in, oh. in the sort of second page or page three of the, the Sun, they go through the timeline of his of what happened since 2020, March 30th, rushed to, into hospital with COVID. Uh, he was put into an, into an induced coma, April. Uh, June the 5th, Kate reveals that Derek's COVID-free, but his body was absolutely ravaged. And what you've got to remember um, as well for, for Kate, you know, just working those early mornings. I always say to my friends that work on GMB, she has to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, go to work. She's got the mm, kids. She's mm. got... And there's so many... Other, and the thing about um, Kate is that she's always talking about all the other families as well with long COVID and all the other carers, and it's just... I cannot imagine how they must be feeling at the mm. moment. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I see Kate high, but I don't know her, you know, no, mm. no, no. But just, you just feel it, don't you? Just the mm. colleague in that way, you just feel it. But on December the 11th, he was rushed into hospital so again after being taken ill after suffering a heart attack. And uh, he tragically passed away on January the 3rd. Um, a powerhouse, and, and to all those other people dealing with long COVID, you know, just well for me, it's just a, it's just another stark reminder, awful. isn't it? That you know, That's as so as the world sort of rapaciously pushes on, um, you know, this is a sort of extreme example of how many people are still living in the shadows of long COVID, COVID, and increasingly, unfortunately, the side effects of uh, some of the some of the vaccines too. So the whole the whole the whole concept the whole experience i think is easy for us as a society to just park it at the back exactly nicola randall covid is not over for many it really isn't i would go further to say covid is not over for many if i'm honest with people and my mum would say this herself a lot of people over a certain age hit a sort of 
you know, they were compromised, if not by COVID, then by the limitations that COVID and the whole, you know, pandemic put on us. You know, people's kind of horizons physically, certainly in terms of mental health, changed, didn't they? And 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 sort of foreshortened. And and I think, you know, we'll never really be able to fully, you know, account for uh, COVID's impact. And I think in a weird way, I think that if there's something that Derek Draper will represent and what Kate's gone through is that they are a sort of crystallized example, if you like, of how this awful thing could sort of, you know, fracture into so many different problems for different people that people are still living with today. Amanda Cooper, COVID has given me my husband heart failure. Our lives have changed. He is 60. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. Uh, Garraway's farewell statement read, I'm sad to have to tell you that my darling husband Derek has passed away. As some of you may know, he has been critically ill following a cardiac arrest in early December, which because of the damage inflicted by COVID in March 2020 led to further complications. He was surrounded by his family in his final days. I was by his side holding his hand throughout the last long hours. I have so much more to say, and of course I will do in due course. But for now, I just want to thank all the medical teams who fought so hard to save him and to make his final moments uh, as comfortable and dignified as possible. Sending so much love and thanks to all of you who have so generously given our family so much support. Rest gently and peacefully now, Derek, my love. I was so lucky to have you in my life. Oh, God, yeah, um, yeah, just tragically sad, really. I think best to leave. And there's another, there's images of Derek when he was younger, Neil Kinnock, and there's an image of them together. Uh, and this very sweet image. And they, um, back in 2005, so sad, so sad. Um, there it is again. The other story, so moving on to some of the other stories today. Uh, pressure is being put on the Metropolitan Police to quiz Andrew, Prince Andrew. Um, Keir Starmer was on the radio yesterday saying the Met should kind of look into this. Um, I think watch this space. I'm not entirely sure that anything will happen there. But um, but I do think uh, I do think if we were ever in any doubt that he's going to be marginalised forever, I think he's marginalised forever. Starsky and Hutch, let's talk about this as well. Another tragic death. Um, David Soul. God, I mean, we were talking about this this morning. I mean, for me, Starsky and Hutch was the quintessential cops and robbers show of the seventies. It was cool. It was Paul Michael Glazier with his incredibly oversized cardigan. It was David Soul with those incredibly wide collared leather jackets. It was cool. But of course, he was also a singer. Um, yeah, Salem's Lot, absolutely. Uh, the reluctant heartthrob, says uh, I loved him the Daily so Mail. Yeah, we, did you, you said you split into two camps. I was very much of the Paul Michael Glazier camp. I, I really like Paul Michael Glazer, whereas Nadia was a big David Soul fan. Um, they were great. There was a sort of cheeky, shoot-from-the-hip kind of informality, wasn't there, to Starsky and Arch, which I think made it sort of head and shoulders. But I think the only other thing that I really liked like that was Hill Street Blues. But, yeah, tragically, so he passed away at 80, 80 years old, years old um, which, is, uh, which is sad. That was yesterday. There he is. Was that his sort of one big hit as well? He released lots of albums, didn't he? And didn't he also appear in a Ricky Gervais? Did he appear in, yeah, was it Little Britain? That was it, Edward Beverton. I remember him appearing in some sketch where he was willing to take the piss out of themselves. 
Elsa Pop Victoria. My husband says they don't make series like that anymore. So, well, on that note, I mean, this is kind of going slightly off track somewhat. I mean, obviously, a number of you have been trying to encourage us. Nat? 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 Hello? Not here. Oh, sorry. I was just, I, sorry, I thought something was just suddenly playing. Um, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Just, just, just talking about. Um, you, you were all telling us to watch the traitors, weren't you? Um, and uh, we kind of got into that. But someone else, so other people have been telling us, and I was insistent again to Nadia last night. Let's watch White Lotus. Talking about, you know, shows that they don't make like that anymore. Starsky and Hutch. It was so cool. I'm sure if we watched it now, it would be really, really slow. I guess. Uh, apparently on YouTube, you can watch the uh, original pilot of Starsky and Hutch. Um, so yes, that's David Sol. I know what I was going to say was, and I'll talk about it later. Why I want to talk to you about White Lotus. I really want to talk to you about White Lotus because so many of you have encouraged us to watch it, um, and we did. And uh, hmm. um, I just pulled this story just because I thought, God, yeah, we never think about this. A lorry driver tells trial, I still hear dying cyclist screams. A lorry driver killed an NHS pediatrician as she cycled to work, said he was still haunted by her screams. He was turning left in Hoburn in August 2021 when her bicycle was dragged beneath his wheels. He uh, admitted causing death by careless driving, but denies causing death by dangerous driving. Um, he repeatedly checked his mirrors, etc. It's just that, I don't know why, I think the thing about this headline that kind of pulled me in was that, that reminder of people who are driving buses and driving trains and tubes and things like that, you know, you hear that when when these awful things happen, where either accidentally or, you know, people actually throw themselves in front of you, in front of a, tr a train or something like that, the the trauma. I was just thinking, I bet, you know, I mean, is that is that punishment enough? I mean, I don't know. It's just just awful. Both white, right? Me too. Both white white Lotus seasons have been amazing. Okay, I'm going to ask you. I need to ask you a question right now. We started season one. We found episode one of season one really slow and not as funny as it thought it was. It seemed to be, it thought it was rough. And anyway, so I said to Naz, look, everyone said you don't have to watch them back to back. You don't have, you can jump in on the next series. So we said, let's jump in on White Lotus too. We gave it 40 minutes last night. It didn't feel crisply written, cleverly written, funny. The editing even felt slow. And that was the question I was going to ask me Is it a slow burn? Do things escalate? I feel I kind of know where they're going to escalate to with adjoining doors and romances and all that kind of stuff. But is it, without giving us a spoiler, Becky or Michu, sell to me what I need to sell to Nadia to get us past episode one. Forget season one, says Reese. Season two is where it's at. But episode one was, episode one of season two was, with all, you know, and I, I say this as, I was really, really wanting to. I'm in a much more favorable position to it, wanting to like it than Nads. I've been saying we must watch it, but it was slow and unimaginative. It gets better, Becky says. Um, Margie Wright, going back to the story of the driver. My stepfather was a train driver, had two suicides. Oh, he never got over them and turned to drink. There you go. There you go. You see, this trauma stays, it stays. Wow. God, I'm so sorry. That, that's just so traumatic. And it's the ripple effect, isn't it, of trauma? Like addiction, it just kind of reaches out. Um, yeah, Alison Fisher, we've seen episodes one, two, and three of The Traitors. We're hooked. We're in. It, it, it's got us. 
Uh, Laura Francis, I admit it was slow at the beginning, but I'd say stick with it. It gets, hi, Laura, hope you are. Happy New Year. Really? Please, can you tell and add to that? I mean, I'm a big believer that you've, you know, I remember the first episode of Breaking Bad being not particularly exciting. Um, you know, you've got to give something two or three episodes, but then you think, I don't know. I don't know. It was so, I, I, really does a show scream out, edit it, edit, tighten it up. Because it just felt, oh, slow. Anyway. It's a big year for elections, guys. 2024 is the year of, of elections in 60 plus countries. I think me too, you mentioned this somewhere in one of our lives. Um, over 4 billion people are going to vote in 60 plus countries. And I thought this was interesting because what's the common thing here? Everyone has been led to believe they're voting in a democracy. What an amazingly successful PR con, eh? I mean, obviously, there are, you could argue, more increased democracies than others, but it's just the level of kind of control people are willing to settle for, isn't it, in some, state, in some states? But it's an interesting idea that the world hangs by a thread as principally, principally, loads of men with issues seek to take control of the world. So we're going to have a situation where the Americans are uh, in election season, as are we. Is that going to be good or is that going to be bad? Is Rishi Sunak going to be revealed to look even more ineffective? Uh, Dawn Decker, the extreme right swings are very disturbing. Um, 40 plus national elections, 3 billion plus people will be voting. Let, let's hope it means something. Let's hope it means something rather than it being a sort of almost, uh, sometimes I feel like it's a kind of, it's like an, it's like a pill that's offered to populations to keep them at bay with this myth that somehow you can impact change. What does it all mean if the United Nations is pointless and America runs everything anyway? What does it all mean? Anyway, BAFTA Awards will go to actresses, actors and performers. It's the long list. I noticed the year that we we were on a long list for the Oscars, but the year that and long lists aren't normally made much of a fuss of in the press. But this year they are. <laughs> Anyway, the long lists are out. BAFTA awards will go to now. They're giving they're giving recipients of acting awards the option to have their award marked as best actress, best actor, or best performer. Good. This is and this is in acknowledgement of you know you know gender uh, gen, gender neutral kind of you know identities and stuff like that. So so this is all good. So but it's I think what's clever about this, although it doesn't remove the idea of. I don't know. Do you just not have best? Act? I don't know. I suppose the bit that I get confused about whether you should have a third category for, you know, like best actor, best actress, I don't know, best trans, would you call it actor? Is that even in the trans community, isn't there a desire to be a trans woman or trans man? So don't you, can't you easily flip a sort of trans man or woman into the woman actress or actor category? I'm, I'm being blunt here because I'm just thinking, even though we're encouraged to think of gender fluidity and pronouns can not have a sort of he, her, she, she, they can be they, in the award season, is it offensive if you're trans? If, but if you're a trans woman, presumably you'd, you'd be all right with being called a performer, right? I guess, I think. Anyway, so the lists have all come out. We're going to do a, we're going to do a, 
Popcorn Junkies on the long lists. Have a have a chin wag about some of the films that are coming through. But um, but yeah, this is uh, this is uh, BAFTA. There's Margot Robbie. She's obviously she's you know incredibly talented woman. Uh, she's obviously in there not just for Barbie, but she's also the producer of Saltburn. Saltburn is one of those divisive. Well, I don't even know if it is divisive, but it's one of those films that is really appealing, isn't it, Laura? To uh, a sort of younger generation. I loved it. I loved half of it, and then I just and I did not love the other half of it, but I just thought it fell apart a bit. Um, there's Barbie. Past Lives on the bottom right there. Oppenheimer, looking very, very positive, but we'll talk about that. BAFTA allows stars to drop gender from acting awards. Um, I think that's okay. Best performer. I, I, I don't mind that. I think that's a, quite a good way. Ah, oh, here we go. Look, Sophie Ellis Backstore. Saltburn has resurrected her track. This is, I think this is great. You know, when this happened for Kate Bush on um, with Stranger Things, she earned millions Millions, didn't she? So Sophie Ellis Bexter, my crush from Christmas, my my vlogmas crush. Uh, I, we are going to work hard to get Sophie Ellis into next year's vlogmas. I'll tell you that right now. No. Yes, yeah, yeah. She needs no. to come to the come to the curly cooks and crack no, some nuts. No, no. I reckon she's a great nutcracker. Sophie Ellis Bexter has been catapulted back into the charts uh, after uh, winning a new generation of fans. Twenty two years after her biggest hit, Murder on the Dance Floor, was a hit because, of course. There's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a spoiler to say there's an incredibly, um, what would you say? How would you describe it, Laura, Gabby, uh, Zoe? A sort of engaging sequence with a bouncing penis in the film with this song. I mean, it's not sex, but it's, it's kind of, yeah, I, I, good for her. I always like that. I like it when a song is is resurrected. Timeless classic, says Miju. Sarah Witherington, Sophie performed in my town in 2022. I could hear her singing from my garden. Oh, my God. So did she cause an earthquake like, um, what's her face? Taylor Swift. Oh, this is a great idea, Steph Schultz. The real Sophie should open the 2024 Snow Village. <gasps> yes. Right. Uranus, dull and boring, and Neptune's not so great. This is the question I haven't asked any of you. What's your favorite planet? Nadston, go for it. What if you had to kind of lift, if a gun was held to your head and someone said, tell us your favourite planet, otherwise we're going to shoot you, what would it be? Wow! That coffee's good. Hi, Stacey. Hope you're well, sweetheart. Happy New Year. Um, Earth, Cloda, good answer. Faith, Saturn. Uh, Zoe, I still haven't recovered from watching Saltburn. I do wonder on those scenes where cat actors run around with their bits and bobs out, whether they ask to do it when it's cold or not cold. <laughs> not wishing to resurrect a certain... Neptune, says Butterfly Bell. Okay, well, this is the story in, um, unsurprisingly, the uh, Daily Star. Uh, Uranus looks really boring close up, boffins have confessed. <laughs> and Neptune isn't so good too. They've discovered that it's just dull. It's a dull duck egg blue. So there you go. Any uh, aspirant astronomers no this story is funny look at this no walkies 40 kilogram dog rescued after climbing to the top of scaffold pike and refuses to come down they're so aren't dogs funny when they decide not to do something they just stop and that's that mountain rescuers spent a rough night do you get it a rough night with dexter the dog after he staged a sit down 
The 40 kilogram Doberman Belgian Malinois cross trundled up Scaffell Pike in the Lake District. But near the summit, he decided he'd gone far enough. Did he get, oh, did he get vertigo? He did. Is it a golden retriever? No, it's a Doberman Malinois. Bel Doberman Belgian Malinois. Never heard of Malinois. The sit-down protest. Isn't that cute? Look at him. Look at his ear. Look at his funny little ear. So cute. I, I love a dog. Uh, check out the No Name Sunday show for some uh, an adorable sausage dog. Oh, my God. It's so sweet. 40-kilogram dog rescued after climbing to the top and refusing to come down again. What about this? Now, I've got to show you this. I just want to show you this film. I'm going to have to sort of speed you through it, but I just want to show you this. So this is the story of um, Rodney Holbrook. Um, he would come back down. To, he's a retired postman, um, and he'd tidy away things in his shed, and then the next day he'd come back down and everything would be tidied up again. And he thought that this was a case of the borrowers. But have a look at this. So he sets up his, he sets up a little camera and he decided to get to the root of this. Uh, to his surprise, the footage revealed that an industrious little mouse, like a scene directly from Beatrix Potter, this is a mouse, was tidying up his desk. Look at that. Even the most awkward objects didn't seem to phase it. And if you look at this, it grapples with this most, where is it? Tidy, tidy, tidy. He's so sweet. Oh, it's, look, look, there he is. Look, 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 he's just putting all the things in the, in the box. Oh, he's so sweet. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, makes you almost like mice, Dina. Tidy mouse, a tidy mouse that puts things away. That's so good. Um, this is the story. The Tate, Tate Modern, yet again, is, is warning people. Be afraid. Be very afraid. This puppet show might scare you. Uh, visitors advise that a film of 200-year-old marionettes could offend because of violence and dead bodies. Um, I'm presuming it, it's possibly got something to do with, I don't know, it's to do with history or what have you. I, I don't know. Trigger warnings. Trigger warnings. Well, you know, I tell you what, Punch and Judy was so violent wasn't it? But there were, no, there were no trigger warnings with that. You'd go down the seaside, then you'd see a man with a big chin smashing the hell out of Judy. Not pleasant. Um, the traitors. I said to Nandy the other day, I said, I do like a kilt. And that was because Claudia was wearing one. I don't know what's happened to me. I've become Claudia. I've gone Claudia goo goo. So Claudia's Brora kilt was 260 quid. I like a jumper as well, don't you? Jumper. Oh, that about It doesn't say how much the jumper. Oh, it does. Capital jumper, 480 quid. Told you. Yeah. 8,000. I have to say, it's a nice look. I like her look. I'm not one. Of, I don't know what's happened to me. I've gone all Claudia Winkleman mad. I'll tell you what's happened here. She's done a clever thing with her sort of on-screen profile. She's revealed her eyes from beneath her fringe, and she's now got an entirely new devoted fan base. She's got such pretty eyes. She's got Why beautiful eyes. Why would you hide them? Oh, it's been so annoying for a mother. Oh, it's been annoying for me because I've discovered a beauty. It's like one of... It's like one, oh, did she not? It's like one of those moments where a secretary takes her glasses off and you go, but Miss... Ooh... Yeah, I like that jumper. I like her smiley faces emojis on the elbows. That's a good touch. I'm liking the, the you know, the blazers and the, how much is the blazer? Holland Cooper coat, 750 quid. None of it's cheap. Hunter Wellies, 125. 
That blazer, the green blazer on the left, 1,312. Christ almighty. So no wonder she looks gorgeous to die for. She literally is. Um, now, why the long face? What has this dog done? Does anyone know what this dog has done? This has been a naughty doggy. This dog, believe it or not, like our dog has a taste for Easter eggs. We don't let her eat them because chocolate isn't good for dogs, but she, she loves her chocolate. This dog ate, uh, how much did it eat? It ate an envelope containing 3,000 pounds in cash. There it is, look, <gasps> in America. Oh my God, a pet golden doodle is firmly in the doghouse after eating an envelope containing more than 3,000 pounds in cash. <gasps> Oh, it was vomiting $100 bills up later in the day. It was impossible to resist, apparently, for the dog. Anyway, they've managed to tape back together, I think, about £1,000. Yeah, that dog. What a naughty dog. Look at him. He doesn't look very happy, does he? He doesn't feel $100. <laughs> naughty dog. Uh, I just thought I'd throw this in here as a kind of sidebar. US democracy could fail if Trump wins, wins warns Biden. Yep. Uh, rats are infesting UK towns and cities as bin chaos leads to rubbish piles. Our bins have been collected. No problems there. This is really good news. Bullseye's back. In one. But um, look who's going to come and host it. Paddy. It's Paddy McGuinness. Paddy oh, McGuinness. Paddy McGuinness. In one. Yeah, which he needs because, of course, they've ditched Top Gear and something else as well, haven't they? So a re reboot of classic darts game show Bullseye is in the works after teen sensation Luke Littler has resurrected our passion for the sport. Insiders say ITV bosses have got their presenter in the form of Paddy McGuinness, who will replace Jim Bowen. I have to confess, as a kid, I loved Bullseye and I desperately wanted Bully, the, uh, the mascot. Look at that, a China bully. It's Can I just say... There's a debate as to whether darts is sport. Regardless of whether it's a sport or not, it's fucking hard. It's the definition of sport. Moving a part of your body fast for longer than three seconds. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, just thought I'd say that because then yeah, I, I, I do sport every day. <laughs> um, darts is hard. Darts is hard. I just thought I'd say that because it really is. It's really difficult. Anyway, so they're going to resurrect the show and they're going to keep, they're going to keep, uh, I think, the ship prizes too. Although a boat, a speedboat, is a speedboat a ship prize? Do people want speedboats? I don't know how I feel about a speedboat. Um, you can still win a speedboat. Anyway, I think that's good. Bully, bullseye, nostalgia. I mean, if you look at the schedules on TV now anyway, it feels like you're still trapped in 1980. It's going to feel even more like that soon. So Gladiators is coming back as well, isn't it? Dusty Bin, 321. We need that back too. Lou Drive Me Mad. Not replacing toilet roll is the worst bathroom habit. Just ask Nads. Most annoying household habits. Don't replace empty toilet paper rolls. Leaving dirty cups, mugs and plates everywhere. Leaving toothpaste soap or other stains on the sink. Uh, I'll explain Jodie Foster in a minute leaving hair clogging up the sink or shower drain, not putting the toilet seat up or down, not rinsing the shower or bath out, leaving a wet towel flipping out. Oh, I'm guilty of every single one of those at some point. Yeah. All right, I said it, I named it, I owned it. Yeah, but you only said it so I wouldn't say it. Yeah, you're damn straight. Yeah, but isn't that funny? I said it so you wouldn't say it, but you're still saying it. Oh, my God. Good 
God. Women. It's the taking the toilet roll off the toilet roll holder and putting it on the floor so that I know exactly how you've been sitting and then you put the toilet roll on the floor or behind you every time. And then if you're the not toilet in shock, you're outraged. Out, you go and get a toilet roll, but you don't take the old toilet roll off. 20 years. No, she does nothing wrong. She does nothing wrong. Um, now, you see, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. What? Well, so you didn't have a drink, of course, to do. What, like what? Na name it. Let's see. Jodie Foster has said working with Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z is really annoying sometimes. Um, she said it's really weird. Sometimes they just go, nah, not feeling like it today. I'm coming in at 10 30. And at other times, when she gets emails from them, she says, did you not check your spelling? It's a bit annoying when someone says check your spelling, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, check your spelling. I understand what she means, but it's a bit annoying, isn't it? If I was, I'd probably go, all right, okay, maybe. Uh, but when she asks some of her sort of Gen Z work colleagues, why haven't you checked your spelling? They go, why would I do that? Isn't that kind of limiting? So that's uh, Jodie Foster having a little dig there at Gen Z. She's going to be in True Detective. True Detective is a great series, unlike the first two episodes of season one and season two of White Lotus, which we thought were total shit. Um, but we're going to stick with it. Not. I, I'm going to try. Nadia isn't. Honest, I swear, cussing makes people appear more trustworthy. This is curious. That means Lisa's trust very trustworthy. Uh, swearing makes people seem more honest and trustworthy. A new study has shown. Adding swear words to comments always makes them appear more authentic. Damn fucking straight. That's what I say. Um, too soon for Easter eggs, says Bishop. <laughs> Which Bishop says this? Uh, the Archbishop, uh, Sainsbury's, Marks and Spencer, Tesco, they've all come under fire from the Bishop of Gloucester for offering Easter eggs, get this, as early as December 28th. Easter eggs? It is getting a bit stupid now. There's a there's an element of desperation creeping in. Easter, oh, why do people always say that? That's not. Easter isn't early this year. Easter is at Easter. Easter's early this year. Just wrapping up before we suckers for the celebrity sippy cup. Um, there's Adele with one of those really flash cups. Um, I find them really annoying. I hate. I hate drinking anything out of a straw. Does anyone else find that? I don't mean. A, I mean. I don't like having the liquid limited or controlled. I want to get it all in my mouth. It's like, I have to, you know, I mean, even that's annoying. Hang on. Mm. Just effing do it. My new fave is just effing do it. I like that one, me too. Um, yeah, I just find these cups annoying. I find squeezy bottles annoying. Nadia loves them. You know why Nadia loves squeezy bottles? Because they make a load of fucking noise. That's why. No, no, it's my use of the swear word there. Boiled eggs and wine voted the most ineffective food fad diet. I didn't, didn't even know it was a food fad diet. A bottle of wine paired with up to five hard-boiled eggs a day was once considered the best way to lose. Did you ever try this one, guys? Nads? Did you ever try the boiled eggs and wine diet? We did when we were teenagers. Back in 1977. Apparently, it would leave you feeling sexy, exuberant, full of the joy de vivre, but stinking of egg. Constipation. Oh, and constipation. constipation. Which Dina hasn't got today, you'd be pleased to know. 
She hasn't got const constination, constipation. She's causing consternation. Though. Um, I'm finishing, I'm finishing. Filling in the gap. Look at this beautiful image where the sycamore gap tree was. A guy with some kind of strange drone has managed to project this image. I think that's rather magical. It's magical. Where's Nanny Dye when you need her? Sound, sounds aristocratical. Um, look at these dogs. I just pulled these up just because I know these would make Maddie smile. And I thought, well, they'll make Maddie smile. They'll make you smile. Look at that. Look. Oh, hello. Look at him with his tongue out and that funny looking dog. And look at that funny little dog. And look at all of them looking at you. How lovely is that? And finally, would you trust this man with your child if he's hungry and you know he likes pizza? Oh, he's clearly driving a hard bargain. That poor girl's just got a pepperoni pizza and there's Rishi trying to get her dishy. And finally, look at that. What a beautiful looking stag. And there you have it. There you have the weekend news. Some sadness, some, well, deep sadness at the beginning there, but some silliness and some frivolity. So let the games commence. It's the first Curly Cooks of the new year. And we're going to be talking about fucking vegetables. No, we're not. We're going to be <laughs> no, doing joking. meat as well. Oh! But, 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 but we're also, it's our year's anniversary. So we're going to be giving away a surprise. Ooh. So do come and join us. Um, we're going to be a little bit late. We're going to be just past half past ten because I've got to make some noise. I think I think what Nad, I think what Dina needs to do is fart into a bag and then and then we could give it away as a, a keep it oh, in the bag, stop it. and then people could could win it. 